Good morning. It is a joy and a delight to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ together today as we delve into his word. Hear this good news. Judge then what must have been our astonishment as we entered the basin at mid-afternoon of our second day's travel to see in the clear sunlight at no great distance an immense volume of clear, sparkling water projected into the air to the height of 125 feet. Geysers, geysers, exclaimed one of our company. And spurring our jaded horses, we soon gathered around this wonderful phenomenon. It was indeed a perfect geyser. The aperture through which the jet was projected was an irregular oval three feet by seven in diameter. This geyser is elevated 30 feet above the level of the surrounding plain, and the crater rises five or six feet above the mound. It spouted at regular intervals nine times during our stay, the columns of boiling water being thrown from 90 to 125 feet at each discharge. We gave it the name of Old Faithful. This account was written by Nathaniel P. Langford on the afternoon of September 18, 1870, when the members of the Washburn-Langford Doan Expedition entered the upper geyser basin. The very first geyser they saw was Old Faithful. Like Old Faithful, we as followers of Jesus Christ are called to live faithful unto God to the glory of of his name. But how many of you know that this is indeed a challenge in our everyday lives? In the current culture that we find ourselves in, this at times can be more challenging than others. How are we to be faithful in the midst of this pandemic that we find ourselves in, where our everyday life seems to be changing and shifting very quickly, and at times, sometimes it seems almost without warning at all. Do you ever struggle with the tension between desiring to be faithful unto God and yet struggling and wondering how to live it out in your everyday life? You are not alone in this. In the book of Second Timothy, starting with chapter 3, verse 14, we hear of another young man who was struggling, who was struggling to sometimes feeling inadequate, sometimes struggling in his calling of what does it mean to be faithful in what God had called him to do. You see, Timothy was a young man, and he was working on preaching, on establishing a young church in that time and in that day. And he was struggling with being faithful in his calling, with being persevering, with being consistent. And the Apostle Paul gave him some words of advice that we find here in 2 Timothy verse, sorry, chapter 3, starting with verse 14. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom 
that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, being sober in all things, endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. How are we to remain faithful to God in this time and this season that we find ourselves in? Perhaps you may be starting a new school year or beginning a new job or figuring out how to do your current job while working from home or caring for young children. Abide in God's word. Read it. Meditate on it day and night. Ponder it. In this passage of scripture that we have just heard together, the phrase inspired by God literally translated means God breathed. The reason I sometimes read even what maybe by some considered large passages of scripture in a sermon is that I believe that we need to hear the scripture. How many of you today need the breath of God to breathe into your soul today, into your very life? Do you feel like you're running around in your life from one thing to the next, bouncing here and there and finding yourself breathless at the end of the day from the busyness of it all? Read his word. Be faithful in the reading of the word and the doing of what it says. James chapter 1 verse 22 through 25 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. When we are faithful in both the reading of the word of God and doing what it says, our lives may be infused by faith in Christ Jesus in our lives that we may live it out. Through scripture, our lives are transformed. 
Now, Paul, in the scripture that we read today in 2 Timothy, he reminds Timothy of what that which he has learned from a child, that scripture that he has learned since he was very young. Now, this was true of the life of young Timothy, but maybe it's not true of your life. Maybe that's not the story of your life. Maybe it's not something you can say of your upbringing. But it is never too late to start. No matter what our age or what our background may be, it has never too late to learn of the word of God, to study what it is saying into us. For the word of God is life-giving. Are you unsure of how to live in this ever-changing time? Read God's word. These sacred readings will give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And that same scripture in our lives is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be adequate equipped for every good work. Theologian N.T. Wright says this powerful statement regarding Scripture in our lives. He says, Scripture is useful for teaching. Well, of course. For rebuke. Well, that's a bit different. It means clearly that as we read Scripture, it will from time to time inform us in no uncertain terms that something we've been doing is out of line with God's will. Sometimes this will lie plainly on the surface of the text. Other times as we read the passage, we will begin to hear the voice of God gently, or perhaps not so gently, telling us that this story applies to this area of our lives, or perhaps that one. When that happens, as it may often do for those who read the Bible prayerfully, we do well to pay attention. Ouch. Sometimes the Bible, the scripture, the word of God steps on our toes in our lives. If you are in rhythm with the regular reading of scripture in your life and it isn't stepping on your toes on occasion, my wonder is, are you really listening? Are you reading it prayerfully, asking God to transform your life? and doing what it says. Or if it is something that's just a task to check off in your day, I challenge you to take a moment this week and each time before you read the scripture, ask God openly and honestly to reveal yourself to me through the reading of your word. And just wait to see how God responds. The guys are old faithful during an eruption. The water temperature at the vent has been measured at 204 degrees Fahrenheit or 95.6 degrees Celsius. The steam temperature has been measured at over 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Under anyone's standards, that is hot. How are we to remain faithful unto God? Abide in God's word. 
and be hot. Be passionate in your relationship with God. What does that mean in our everyday lives? It means to be singular in our focus upon God. What has the place of utmost importance in our lives? When I think of a couple who is passionate in their relationship with one another, who is hot for one another, I think of a couple who places their relationship with one another above all other priorities in their lives. And it shows. They care about what the other person in the relationship thinks, what matters to them, what hurts them, what brings them joy. And they pay attention throughout their day to that individual. In the same way, passion for God in our lives involves being singular in the focus of our lives, being intentional to remove all idols in our lives in the form of anything that you exalt or treasure more than God, anything that you allow to take priority above pursuing an intimate relationship with God your creator. In Revelation 3, 15 through 17, John shares a vision from God saying this, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Our United Methodist founder, John Wesley, he spoke of what it means to be hot, to be passionate in our relationship with God, saying this. He stated, give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin. And desire nothing but God. And I care not a straw whether they be clergymen or laymen. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon the earth. Do you get discouraged at times from all of the injustice, the pride, the violence, the selfishness pervading our news reports that you watch every morning? Do you want to see change take place here on this earth? This is where it starts. With you and with me, right here, right now, in our lives, in a heart of repentance, with a single-minded focus on our desire for God in our lives above all else, to transform our lives from the inside out for living a life of faithfulness unto God, being hot, may even look different than others around you might expect. When a man named Adoniram Judson graduated from college and seminary, he received a call from a fashionable church in Boston to become an assistant pastor there in that place. And everyone congratulated him. His mother, his sister were so excited for what his calling was and that he was being asked to serve in this very prestigious church. And 
while his mother and his sister were rejoicing it, then they could live with him as he did his life's work, Adoniram Judson said no. He shook his head. He said, my work is not here. God is calling me beyond the seas to stay here, even to serve God in his ministry. I would feel it would only be a partial obedience, and I could not be happy in that. You see, Adoniram Judson became a missionary, not giving into the success or the money or the acclaim of others or even what other people around him thought he should do with his life or popularity. Through his obedience to the calling of God upon his life as a missionary in Burma, many came to know the Lord and Savior for their lives and their personal relationship with God was established through his ministry there in Burma. What does it mean to be lukewarm? When I think of being lukewarm in our relationship with God, I think of apathy. I think of a relationship based on merely completing the tasks. Distracted, not caring much, but just going through the motions, really lacking the desire. God desires to be first in our lives. God desires that we desire him alone, realizing the very depth of our nature and our being is a longing for God that only he can fill. You see, something to note about Old Faithful, that geyser in Yellowstone Park, it is not the biggest one, but it is the most regular geyser. Scientists estimate that the amount of water gushing forth from Old Faithful during an eruption ranges from 3,700 gallons for a short duration of 1.5 minutes to 8,400 gallons for a longer duration of 4.5 minutes. Furthermore, it has been erupting in nearly the same fashion throughout the recorded history of the park. How do we remain faithful Unto God, abide in God's word, be hot, and live intentionally. Faithfulness is not necessarily flashy, just like that geyser old faithful is not the biggest one. But it's the one that's the most regular. And for that, it has become the most well-known one in the world over. In our lives, it is certainly much easier to be unfaithful. Living faithfully unto God requires intentionality. A lady once asked John Wesley that suppose he were to die at midnight tomorrow, how would he spend his intervening time? His reply was this. Why, madam, just as I intend to spend it right now. I would preach this evening in Gloucester and again at 5 tomorrow morning. And after that, I'd ride to Tweaksbury, preach in the afternoon, meet with the societies in the evening. I'd then to go to Reverend Martin's house, who expects to entertain me, talk, and pray with the family as usual. I'd retire to my new room at 10 o'clock, commend myself to my Heavenly Father, lie down to rest, and wake up in glory. Faithfulness does not just happen. It requires intentionality in our living. It requires a focus on the important rather than giving way to the distractions of the urgent. The lure of the 
extraordinary fame, power, influence, and approval pervades our society. And yet, how many of you know how truly extraordinary it is when we find someone who is faithful? Our world and our culture today tries to sell us something new every time we turn around, that whatever we have is not enough, looking always for that which is flashier, newer, the latest style, the latest fad, even in regards to what church we attend or choose not to attend. But what if the loving kindness of the Lord that is new every morning is what our hearts are truly longing for? The basic prediction of old faithful is dependent upon the duration of the previous eruption. Old faithful can vary in height from 100 to 180 feet high with an average of near 130 to 140 feet. This has been the historical range of its recorded height. Eruptions last between one and five minutes. And the longer that the eruption lasts, the longer the interval will be until its next eruption time. How are we to remain faithful to God? Abide in God's word. Be hot. Live intentionally and rest. Observe the Sabbath. Note that even with old faithful, there is a break. The longer the gushing forth of the geyser, the longer the interval will be before it gushes forth again. We too in our humanity need rest. We're fallible human beings. We can get tired, burnt out, and exhausted as we continue to labor faithfully in the work that God has called us to. Jesus invites us along the journey to find Sabbath rest. Mark 2:27 Jesus said to them, "The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath." This weekly embrace of rest in God keeps us rooted and grounded in God and in his love for us. It refuels us with the strength to persevere in our journey of faith. A love of God in our lives that is not grounded or based on performance or on works. For when we're able to rest in his love for us, and his enduring love for his creation, we are then moved to respond in faithful love back unto him. Now Yellowstone National Park, where Old Faithful Geyser is located, brings an upward of 4 million visitors a year. And most of them are eager to see the Old, Ge old Faithful Geyser. But it does not faithfully gush forth because of the spectators. It was gushing forth faithfully long before any explorer even discovered that it existed. It was gushing forth for the audience of one. It's creator. How are we to remain faithful unto God? Abide in God's word. Be hot. Live intentionally. Rest. And live for the audience of one. Your creator. God alone is the judge of the living and the dead. When we are seeking our own glory, then it is given to us and taken away from us by the words of others. We will end up living lives that are unfaithful to the word of God.
The approval of others is like a shifting sand that all too easily changes. People will want one thing one day, and then the next, they'll want something else, and then something else after that. Don't live for pleasing others. Live unto the glory of God alone in your life, and you will experience the peace of living faithfully unto the one who made you, who knows you, and who loves you. For it is the love of God that empowers us. We love because he first loved us. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is not because we are so perfect or faithful that God loves us, because we are not. It is because of God's faithfulness that we even know what this word faithfulness means. It is God's love which compels us. It is God's grace in our lives. God's unmerited favor that when we have been utterly unfaithful, that God offers us a divine gift. The gift of a longing for that which is more, that which is divine, that which is more than anything we could ever accomplish in and of ourselves. God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness is a faithfulness so true and so perfect that we are drawn down to bow in worship. When we get a glimpse of this divine love and grace extended to us in each and every moment of our lives, the love of God revealed to us in Christ Jesus. Suddenly, serving God faithfully in the midst of even the hard times that we find ourselves in today, then serving God faithfully gushes forth from our lives in praise, in thanksgiving, in adoration, and worship unto him. Living not out of a fear of judgment or out of a fear of others, but erupting with faithful living unto the glory of God, out of the very life-giving grace and love that God provides. Through the transforming, faithful, redeeming, empowering love of God in your life, may you live faithful. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.